Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. Imagine making a difference. No, imagine being the difference. The difference between I can't and I can or I won't and I will. The reason someone chooses to wake up and strive for greatness. In life, it can feel like everything is working against you. Let's defy all odds and break generational curses. This is Overstepping Poverty with Daquan and Zacchaeus. Welcome back to Overstepping Poverty, the podcast that provides you with tips, tricks, and hacks in overstepping poverty. My name is Daquan Brooks. I'm here with my co-host, Zakia Shaw. How you doing, Zacchaeus? I'm doing good today, brother. Good. Excited again to have a great guest on the show. I was just telling you guys, it just seems like every time we get on a new interview, it just feels so long since the last one. So I'm super excited for this one. How was your week this week? It is. I'm excited as well. My week's good. It's been really good. It's been hot outside. When it comes to the car business, it's kind of like a hit or miss when when it's super hot, especially mm-hmm. when you're above 100 degrees. No one wants right. to sit out in the uh, hot and, and sweat. But that's like South Dakota. You complain when it's too cold. And then, of course, you're complaining when it's hot, too. For so. sure. But no, everything's well, man. I'm, again, I'm excited as well. Uh, yeah. We're rocking some merch today. I want everyone yeah, to see everyone new, that is. That yep. Let's go. So uh, <laughs> some of this stuff is exclusive and it'll be out here uh, very shortly. But let's get into this episode here. Let's get into our special guests and who we have on. Yes. Yeah, so today, like I said, we have a special guest. A few years back, he started what was a great group, our growth project here in Sioux Falls and currently manning an awesome project called Friends of the People, which pertains to poetry here within the community from West Africa. Soul Dibba on the show today. Let's go. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, man. Thank you, bro. I'm I'm really excited to be on this platform with you guys, man. I think what you guys are doing is not only powerful, you know, bringing different knowledge to the community, to the general public, and bringing in people who – I feel a lot of people can learn from, and I know myself, the yeah. few episodes that I've seen, you know, I've picked up some gems here and there, and uh, before I kind of get into everything, I want to give you guys your flowers, you know what I'm saying? Cause, I appreciate um, that. You know, I think that us as men don't really get our flowers, so I, for me, you know, when I do appreciate people and, you know, what they do, I try and let them know, because you never know, so uh, I want to give you guys your flowers, man, you guys got a great platform, and, you know, I'm like I said, I'm honored to be on here and uh, chop it up with you guys for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I really appreciate that. And honestly, the feeling is mutual. We'll just jump into this now. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've known, we talked about it a little bit. I feel like we've known each other for a long time, yeah. but we've never been able to get into a place where we're having more of like an intimate conversation right. Mm-hmm. Right. and more sure. in depth. And I know I've been to some of your events, you know, you've been to some of my stuff, but I'm excited to really dive into these things because I've seen you since you were at High V. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> walking the aisles, exactly, turning into the manager. Yeah, man. No. You know, going over to Augie, and, and we'll get into the journey. But I've been watching the whole time, man. So I'm excited to get into that. So, yeah. can you take us back to the beginning? Like I mentioned, uh, originally from West Africa. Yep, yeah. Uh, Gambia. Yep, I was born in uh, the 
the gambia it's, the it's, it's like okay. I, I don't know it's it's a weird like you know what i'm saying you gotta put some respect on it okay yeah you know, like yeah. The, the, right. the gambia okay. you know because there's only one uh, obviously but uh I yeah it. i was born in uh the gambia in um, august of 95 my father who was a teacher for 20 years and then my mother who was on opposite side of the spectrum actually illiterate and uh but she was okay. a businesswoman you know had some business acumen and could pretty much sell anything to anybody but uh I was born there in August of 95, came here in September of 98. My father was a teacher, as I just said, but the year after I was born in 96, there was actually a military coup. Oh, So there was a hostile takeover and a lot of people got rounded up of different backgrounds, teachers, bankers, political figures, whatever you want to you know, call it really. Sure. And my father was one of those people who got arrested and he was actually in prison for 18 months. Wow. Um, in that process of him being in prison, you know, my mother and all of my siblings, we basically, you know, trying to survive, you know what I'm saying? Right. While, you know, hoping for the best because you know, in those types of situations, you never really know uh, what can happen, you know, it can go far left or, you know, you can make it out. Luckily, right. my father made it out, applied for political asylum. And then we moved to our neighboring or surrounding country, Senegal, because Gambia okay. is actually right inside of Senegal. So moved to Senegal within that whole process of trying to, you know, get documents and everything situated. And then um, September of 98, uh, through LSS resettlement, came here to Sioux Falls. I'm the youngest of 11. I'm, I'm 27. My oldest sibling is near 50. Uh, she lives in London, England, and all the siblings are kind of spread around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, grew up in Sioux Falls ever since then. I uh, went to... Preschool, Robert Frost, and then Terry Redland for elementary, uh, Woodier Middle School, Washington okay. High School, Eastside uh, East East Side alumni forever. Um, <laughs> and then so from Washington, I uh, went to Augustana in 2013, graduated from there in 2017 with a uh, business administration and communication studies degree. And then within that, uh, I think it was my senior year uh, is when we started our growth project okay um i was always kind of i started writing in about i think junior year of high school about i wasn't as consistent back then right mm-hmm. but uh, i've been writing for about 10 years and i'd say about in the last couple of years been writing a lot more consistently but yeah started our growth project back in october of 2016 um that was started because uh wilson the founder uh was at the time a good friend well he's still a good friend of mine um but we linked up because I was doing an event of my own at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I was doing a, like a basketball tournament slash fundraiser for, you know, the Gambella uh, refugee camp. Because okay. we had a connection to a pastor here in town who would go back and forth and, you know, bring sporting goods oh, wow. to, to the refugee camp and all kinds of other stuff. So we we did a partnership type of a deal. And Wilson was actually helping me with that. Okay. And then he was working on our growth project in his early stages. So I was like, yo, what's that? You know, what are you doing? Yeah. He's like, oh, you know, I'm doing this thing and this is what I'm trying to do. Like open mic and arts and poetry and stuff. And like I said, I was, I'm a poet and I'm a writer. So I got intrigued. I'm like, mm do you need help? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, I, was like, yeah. I was like, you know, is there any way I can help? Like you helping me, let me try and help you out at least. And, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of laid out the guidelines and I guess the framework of the organization and what sure. he was trying to do. And I just immediately was like, yo, yeah, I'm with it, you know? Right. And um, so he, he's the founder, I'm co-founder. Yeah, man, just, uh, awesome. just, it was, it was real cool and six years, you know, strong. And yeah, 
Yeah, man. Real, that, real cool journey. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I want to kind of take it back because we're going to dive into a few of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, especially here in Sioux Falls, a lot of people don't know um, from around the country that a lot of people are brought here to Sioux oh, Falls, yeah. Oh, yeah. whether they're refugees or just immigrants. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is through LSS. Yeah, yeah. For you and all of your siblings did they all obviously not all of them came over no here. no so um so myself and five of my brothers and then two of my sisters came okay. and then my, both of my parents and so my father actually you know within my culture and, and the religion of islam he has multiple wives Okay. So I have like half siblings and stuff. I don't really count them as half siblings. Like right. I view them as my full blood because you know mm-hmm. we've been through a lot together. Right. And you know family's family to me. Hundred percent. But um, yeah. So my father has you know multiple wives. My mother obviously being one of them. But um, yeah, we came here. I think eight of us, and then kind of slowly dispersed out. Sure. You know, I got family kind of all around the states and overseas. But um. Right. But yeah, it was a it was an interesting journey because when we when we were coming here, well, when we came here, it was like you know the Lost Boys was a thing, the Lost Boys of South yeah. Sudan, you know, a lot of refugee immigrants from like Ethiopia, Eritrea, um, you know, Bosnia, Herzegovina, you know, they went through the civil war, and a lot yeah. of them came through here. Um, so just I was able to really be around a lot of different cultures, mm-hmm. which which was like I think one of the greatest gifts that could have I could have been given because right. just I was early on I was just exposed to a lot you know just as far sure. as culture goes you know people where they come from you know their foods you know traditions and things like that and I was able to have friends in many different cultures so yeah. I think that definitely helped me be well-rounded in a sense when it comes to dealing with people because um, like you know I I was fortunate enough to be able to you know connect with the refugee immigrant community but then also with like you know the american community like the, right. my white counterparts yeah you know sure. what I'm saying? so so that's definitely been you know a blessing and i think to this day that's one of the the best things that i could have experienced yeah for sure that is really cool mm-hmm. you know i have to ask obviously that's a that's quite a journey bringing eight of your siblings here your parents obviously coming as well yeah i want to know exactly do you kind of remember their emotions or how they really acted kind of moving i mean you have to get up and you have to pack all everything yeah. essentially you are running from yeah. you know from a bad place to right. hopefully a good place right, right, you know right, yeah. what are some details on that i don't necessarily remember the process yeah. of us coming here but my parents always made sure to kind of tell us the story yeah. and kind of realize why we're here and how we got here and so i know that you know when we initially came that obviously it was just you know you leaving everything you know yeah. coming to a, a strange land trying to make a better life for you and your family so right. so for my parents you know it was obviously different because me being so young coming here obviously i don't remember a lot of like back home yeah right? yeah so even though i was born over there and and you know i still have that culture within me mm-hmm. i was basically raised as an american yep right you yep. know what i mean like i grew up in american culture like 
that's what I know. Like I was right. fortunate enough to go back twice, you know, after okay. high school graduation and, yeah. and, and, and college graduation, I went back both times. So I was able to see my culture, family and kind of where I grew up. I saw my birth home stayed there too. And like, wow. you know, so, you know, I was able to see all that, but you know, my parents, it was a lot, you know, cause within the first two years, 2001, uh, my oldest brother actually passed away in a car accident so you compound that event with trying to navigate a whole brand new space, brand new culture. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to make sure your kids are good, you know, that they're safe, that they're taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the opportunities and things like that. I guess early on, there was a lot of trauma, yeah. you know, coming, yeah. coming here. You know, yeah. it was, you know, especially my father being in prison, you know, mm-hmm. my, my mother basically taking care of all my siblings and, you know, trying to scrap for stuff, you know, and, and, wow. uh, you know, make sure that we're all good and taken care of. But then coming here and then, you know, my father, he, for a little bit was, he taught at Whittier middle school for a short, short stint, okay. um, kind of like ELL type stuff. Um, and my mother, she worked at Smithfield, um, John Morrell at the time, but Smithfield now. She worked there for 17 years, 18 years. Wow. So it's just like, just growing up was different because being the youngest of so many siblings, by the time I was an adolescent, mm-hmm. all of my siblings are like grown right. and out of the house. Okay. So it's like... Mm. What's I'm, the age gap there between you and your closest sibling? Me and my closest sibling is six years. Okay, wow. Yeah, six years. When I was in eighth grade... He was leaving to move out of the state. Oh, okay. You know, I have one brother here still, but a lot of my siblings, like like I said, they kind of dispersed. And right. So my childhood, a lot of the time, was me being a lone ranger. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like me just being by myself, going to my sporting events. You know what I'm saying? Basketball, football for a few years, yeah. um, and just trying to navigate, man. Just right. like a lot of, I'd say a lot of what I know and what I've learned has been trial and error. Right. Right. Did you, you feel know. alone a lot then? Yes and no. I felt alone in the sense where, you know, you have older siblings and you wish, and I, and this is not a knock to nobody, but you have older siblings and as the youngest, you know, you kind of look up to them and want to emulate them and try and, you know, learn from them. And, but having that gap and that distance and age and then just kind of that, being at different points of life and going through different, you know, emotions and trials and things like that, you know, and just kind of, we all grew up differently. And then, like I said, you know, my older brother passing away really shook us all up in in, in different ways. I think a lot of the time I was lonely in the sense where I had to deal with a lot of things by myself because my mother's working five, six days a week. My dad is working too, you know what I'm saying? So like, a lot of the time I was at the crib by myself. Like, yeah. you know, I was just, you know, going, Damn. going, going through emotions by myself, figuring out, trying to figure out how to deal with that stuff. And then still trying to, you know, balance being a good student and, you know, staying out of trouble. Cause you know, um, my brothers like early ages, they, you know, trying to find themselves, you know, being mm-hmm. in a new country, all of that got into some things, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. And, uh, so being the youngest, you kind of observe all of that. And it's like, well, I know I'm not supposed to do that. You know what I mean? So it's like just trying to figure stuff out (laughs) as I go. But I wasn't lonely in the sense where, you know, sports helped out a lot. Okay. You know, I met a lot of really. What did you play? I played basketball pretty much 
all the way through senior year of high school. Okay. Um, I played football from about sixth grade to about sophomore sophomore year because I injured my neck in football and oh dang and just um but yeah football basketball mainly but yeah sports helped out a lot you know right. and I was fortunate to have a lot of friends you know I was just yeah. I've always been kind of a popular guy you know people want to get to know me want to be my friend and I kind of use that to my advantage as far as just getting to know people and yeah. connect with people and That's you know right. figure out you felt fortunate because you had a lot of friends kind of mm -hmm. yeah so um, as I mentioned, you know, kind of just through sports and just school and things like that, I was able to, you know, meet a lot of friends and in, in different, you know, from different backgrounds and cultures and things like that. So in that sense, I wasn't lonely okay. because, you know, they'd invite me over to their house, you know, we'd have food or, you know, we'd ride the practices together or we, you know, do stuff on the weekends, right. you know, play at community centers, we'd hoop and things like that. So in that sense, I wasn't lonely, but, okay. you know, having so basically all my siblings out of the house it right. was kind of lonely because it's like damn you know what i'm saying that <laughs> house is kind of quiet you know right. like, what am i supposed right. what am i supposed to do and you know just like anybody you know being a teenager and stuff you go out and you party and you do your thing and sure you know that kind of stuff but yeah it was kind of a, a duality i guess you can say um right. but i think that it also helped me in a lot of ways mm -hmm. because now it's like I don't mind my solitude. I don't mind being alone. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously I welcome, you know, good energy and good people and being around them and, you know, participating in people's events and going out and supporting and stuff. But like, I also appreciate my solitude. I right. also appreciate having that time to recharge and, you know, kind of get in my mind right and things like that. So, yeah. Right. No matter the age, when you're going through any trauma, it kind of sticks with you. Oh yeah. And what I tend to notice, like even like for the trauma that I went through um, as a young kid, and that's just being from foster home to foster home mm -hmm. um, and being split up from my sister at one point. My trauma was is I started to find anger in, yeah. in myself and I was I was mad at the world. I was kind of blaming like everyone besides, mm -hmm. you know, you know, like why? Why me? That's the attitude I had, right. you know, but you have very positive spirits. You know, I, you're a very positive guy, at yeah. least is what I see. I, yeah, how I do does, my best. how do you keep that positive energy, you know, always going, going yeah. through everything that you've yeah, went yeah. through? Yeah. I, th I think, I think with me experiencing the trauma that I did, as far as, you know, my brother passing away, you know, and different things that happened within my family, mm -hmm. the way I responded initially, I mean, and kind of still till today, I'm a problem solver. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of always just like, all right, this is what I'm going through. This is what's happening. What can I do about it? Right. Yeah. You know, like if I can't do nothing about it, then I can't let it overtake my spirits. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, I'm learning now to acknowledge those feelings, acknowledge those traumas and just, you know, kind of deal with them as they come. Whereas before it's like, all right, bro, I'm just going to repress it. And like, right just keep going keep busting through the walls because it's like you know when you come here and you're raised on survival it's like you don't really have time to deal with things mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like yeah. even though i did have a lot of time by myself like i didn't necessarily know how to deal with it right you know because like i said kind of being alone as much as i was i was never really taught how to deal with those emotions yeah. i was never really taught how to health how to deal with them in a healthy way mm -hmm. right but i think 
what helps me stay in good spirits is has a lot to do with my spirituality growing up in a Muslim household, being raised Muslim. Um, I think that's helped out a lot. My mother definitely imparted a lot of wisdom upon me as well. Mm. And just kind of seeing like, I'm not saying that, you know, one person's struggle is worse than the other, Mm -hmm. but kind of seeing how, although I was dealing with all of these things, I was in a lot better position than a lot of people. Yeah. Mm. And just having that sense of gratitude that although I'm going through these things, I still have these things around me. You know what I mean? I'm I'm still, I woke up. You know what I'm saying? It could always be, it could be worse. That mentality. You know, I woke up. I ate today. You know what I'm saying? I have a family. You know what I'm saying? I got people that love me and care for me and support me. And luckily, I was a good kid. You know, I did never really got into trouble. I didn't mm-hmm. get in trouble. I mean, I did stuff, but never got caught. Yeah. <laughs> like a yeah. lot of people. Smooth, you know, smooth criminal, for real. Yeah. Uh, silent assassin. But uh, <laughs> no, just um, I think what helps keep me in a positive headspace is, yeah, just kind of that that sense of gratitude. Yeah. yeah. And like, I try, even to this day, like when I wake up, the first thing I do is just say, hey, thank you, God. Thank you for waking me up today. Thank you for waking me up healthy, able-bodied, and good physical and mental well-being. I don't complain. I could wake up tired as hell, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I woke up, bro. Man. I woke up. I like that. You know, so, yeah. I mean, I definitely go through things. You know, I definitely go through ebbs and flows of funks like anyone. Yep. I think now I'm kind of learning like I said, how to acknowledge those things and just feel and deal with those things as they come. But overall, man, I got a lot to be grateful for. You know what I mean? I have a lot to be grateful for. You know, I've been fortunate to do a lot of, you know, amazing things with amazing people. You know, I've been able to see parts of the world that people probably will never see. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been able to meet people and I've been able to travel and just, just maneuver in ways where it's like, Bro, you're blessed, man. Yeah. You know, you're blessed. Like, no matter what, no matter what I go through, it's like, I'm blessed, man. It's like, that's that's, that's really it. I'd say, you know, yeah, that sense of gratitude. I'm not the model Muslim, you know, I'm not, you know, the best as far as following every single tenant, but that's also played a role in kind of how I deal with things. You know, Mm -hmm. I I think regardless of what you choose to follow, regardless of what you believe in, um, I think having a connection with the source is super important. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's God, the universe, Jesus, whatever you want to call it, I think it's important to have a connection to that source, bro. Absolutely. Because on those days where it's dark, those days where you feel like giving up, those days where you feel like you don't have purpose, your breath alone is purpose, bro. Yeah. Like I said, depending on what you believe in, but when we were made, you know, that spirit was breathed into us. Right. So if we have if we have that spirit of the source within us can't fail ever you got everything you need you got everything you need yeah that's real yeah you can't fail ever if you keep that connection that's powerful too and i think a lot of times and we've talked about it before just with people and their spirituality regardless of what religion you believe in mm-hmm. it really is that thing and, and especially for me because i feel like i'm a spiritual person as yeah. well i have to rely heavy on it yeah man you know and it, there's times where when you do get out of that or you're in a headspace of feeling ungrateful or just like mad about stuff, it is important to reflect right. um, and look within yourself and really get grounded. That journey's important. Man. Oh, man. That it is. You got to 
make sure you're smelling the roses on the journey because exactly there was a video i saw on tiktok this guy's at the gas station he's like everybody going so fast mm-hmm. so nobody know where they going the homeless dude mm-hmm. man oh, that dude was an angel bro i don't care what nobody says that i believe that guy was an angel bro yeah like he was he had to give that message to whoever right. was listening and now you see you saw Everywhere. it i saw it how many millions of people have seen it right it's the truth man like it's so easy in this culture to just go, 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 go. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And run yourself to the ground. But when do you mm-hmm. take time for yourself? Right. When do you take time mm-hmm. to recharge? When do you take time to, you know, just sit back and look at the bigger picture and see how far you've come from where you were? Right. You know, even just a year or two years ago. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you need that, that introspection, that self-reflection to really see that you're doing well. Right. Yeah. And stop comparing. Like, you're doing well. Mm-hmm. Like, your story is your story, man. So, yeah, it's it's true, bro. We got to slow down because mm-hmm. it's like you're going 80 and you're not taking time to look left and right and see what's going around you. Like, slow right. down. Go go 10. Go right. 5. You know, see what's mm-hmm. happening around you. I love that, man. Gratitude <clears throat> is power. It is, yeah, man. It is. The more you're grateful for, the more blessings flow into your life, man. For yeah. real. So I want to fast forward just a little bit here. You know, you walked us through your journey in the beginning of this year and Mm -hmm. what a journey it's been. But you said you went to Augustana University. And after graduating there, you started admissions there, correct? Or is that during? And Augustana, that was a journey too, bro. Holy crap, man. Well, tell us about it. Tell us about Augustana's journey. Yeah, so I actually wasn't supposed to go there. Hmm. So my dream school, because I have two older brothers who live in um, Salt Lake City area, you mm-hmm. know, um, right. suburbs of Salt Lake City. And throughout middle school and high school, I would, you know, visit there pretty much every other summer, you know, for a month, a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with the place, you know, the nature, the people, the mountains, you know, just the lifestyle, so right. much to do. So early senior year, that was the only school I applied to. You know, I was like, BYU? I had University of Utah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. That was the only school I applied to. I was dead set on that. Got my acceptance letter, you know, had my roommates, all that. I just had to register for classes. Oh, wow. But then uh, my best friend, shout out Christian, he was getting recruited for football at Augustana for as an old lineman. Mm. And he was going on his admission visit, and his counselor was also my admissions counselor. Uh, shout out to Casey Nichols, really amazing lady. But he invited me on the admissions visit, and I was like, why not? You know, I already got my school figured out. I'm just going to go support my boy. Yeah. You know, be there to just kind of, yeah, on the side. It's a free, free admission visit. Why not? Right. You know, got some free merch. It was cool. <laughs> but when I stepped foot on campus, it's like, and as I'll talk more about my admissions role, but I just had that gut feeling like yeah. this is the place I need to be. Wow. Fortunately, it worked out really well because as I mentioned at the beginning of this, my mother's illiterate, can't read or write. So, I helped her with a lot of stuff like finances, taking her to work, picking her up from work, taking her to the grocery store, doctor's appointments, inter- interpretation, you know, stuff like that. So it's like I kind of had to think like, man, if I go hundreds of miles away from my mom, who's going to help her? Right. Because like I said, all my siblings were either out of the city or they were old and old enough to kind of begin their own lives. You yep, know, right. um, so went to Augustana initially. Went in as an engineering physics major. Quickly found out that that wasn't for me. Math and science, not bad at it, but it's a whole different beast in college. You know right, what I mean? Like really, it, yeah. it, it, <laughs> it, it really is. Like high school science and math is is cool. Like I was 
flying through that like, it was no issue but when i got to college and obviously having that autonomy you're 18 years old you're yeah. not living with your parents you know you kind of have that freedom to freedom of choice to do whatever you kind of want to so yep. my freshman year i think i failed like two or three classes because <laughs> i was just bullshitting mm -hmm. i'll be honest i was bullshitting man and so after my freshman year i got a letter in, in my campus mailbox basically saying like hey I had like a one point something GPA. It was crazy. But they're like, hey, basically you need to get your shit together. Like if you don't get above a 2-0, you know, you're going to get expelled. We're, we're already going to put you on academic probation. But if you don't improve, you're out of here. Right. And being the first and only college graduate in my family, wow. well, I'm like, I can't do that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? This, there's too much on my shoulders. There's too much riding on oh. this for me to fail. Right. Yeah, basically got in the lab, you know, the library. I was working four to eight after classes, go home, change real quick, take my mom to work, go to the library for like four hours until it closed at midnight, get a couple hours sleep. Mom calls me, wake up, go pick her up and go at it the next day. Wow. You know what I mean? So I was really grinding. But sophomore year, you know, got my grades up, got on the dean's list for spring semester and then wow. just kind of kept going but yeah like i said started off engineering physics went undecided for a little bit and then um shout out to professor nathan grau and um dr michael nitz okay. mm -hmm. grau was my engineering physics advisor and undecided advisor for a little bit and then when i chose my degree that i graduated with business administration and communication studies then Michael Nitz was my advisor and my professor for a lot of my classes. And, okay. the, and those two guys really helped me out through my journey of college. But graduated in 2017. And then, so when I graduated from college, I quit Hy-Vee because I was working at Hy-Vee in the deli mm -hmm. for three years. And then I quit because that's when I went to Africa for about a month and a half. Mm -hmm. yep. And then came back. And I was just kind of like in between jobs, like trying to figure out what I'm trying to do. And, you know, I had a couple of friends who were working at a uh, juvenile detention center, mm -hmm. um, a transitional facility for DOC inmates. Um, okay. And so I worked there for about close to a year. Then I left there and I went into staffing recruitment. So I worked at Aerotech for about a half a year, moved to another company that was like medical staffing, did that for about a half a year. And then I went into Hy-Vee again. But as a manager at this point, mm -hmm. I did that okay. for a little over a year. Um, and then that's when I went to Augustana. I went to Augustana, I think, August of 2020. Mm -hmm. And that was wild because it was COVID. You yeah. Know? yeah. It was my first year in education. It was just, <laughs> it was crazy, bro. Like, basically, a large part of your role is traveling and doing college fairs, right? Mm -hmm. I couldn't do none of that. It was all virtual. Right. And it's my first year I'm learning, like, <laughs> trying to basically roll with the punches you know what i'm saying and just it was a it was a tough year but it, i was also fortunate because i was doing international recruitment half international recruitment half domestic recruitment uh mm -hmm. twin cities and then um africa and certain parts of europe and i was part of my first year myself and the other international admissions counselor wade uh we actually that year brought in the most international students Wow! with COVID in a COVID in year. A COVID yeah. year. Same. And then actually also brought in the largest class up to that point. And then the following year we brought even a bigger class. Man. And then we, myself and all the counselors and then Roman team that were there at the time, we had these plaques and we're part of the 500 club. Wow! So that was, that Very was really nice. cool. But yeah, man, just kind of a lot of different, 
pathways when it comes to the professional world, just building different skill sets, working in different, you know, um, industries and just learning, trying to build skills as I'm going and just trying to figure out what I'm trying to do as I'm kind of working those, you know, different roles. So, so yeah, like a lot of, just a lot of learning really, man. Augustana was really cool though. I mean, as a student and as a, you know, faculty. Right. Um, So yeah, that was, that was really dope. That is really cool. Do you have, from your perspective, having been with the admissions, do you have any advice for people out there that are going into college on what yeah. what to kind of um, expect or any tips for them? Yeah. Start as early as possible. I'm trying to remember, but there's a few things that you should think about, you know, fit, you know, how are you going to fit on campus as far as like, are your needs met? You know, are there things on campus that you can see yourself getting involved in in order to kind of make your own impact on campus? Mm. Location is important. You know, sometimes students want to go far away, you know, from home. Some want to stay close to family, things like that. But also what is within that space, that that community that you're going to school? Mm -hmm. Like, is it just a school? Because Mm -hmm. at that point, it's like if it's just a school, then when you think about graduation and things like that, internships and trying to find work that becomes tough right and also you want to be in a community where you can actually kind of immerse yourself and 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 be a part of the community and you know experience the city that you're in while you're at school and kind of be able to go around and do different cool things with your friends or whatever major is important Mm -hmm. you know Um, definitely see if one they got the major that you offer and what that major looks like within that university, right. you know, and what you can do with it. And resources are huge, bro. See right. what see what resources are available to you as a student while you're on campus, whether that's tutoring, financial aid, office hours with professors, like right. how accessible are your professors? Because I know me, I used up office hours like crazy. I was always in my professor's office when I was in school. And why was that important? Because I know I could, I should have done a lot more of that. Honestly, man, I think... It puts a more human lens on you as like a student, you know, because it's easy for your professor to be like, oh, yeah, Daquan's in my class. You know, he comes to class every day. Blah, blah, blah. He doesn't know anything about Daquan. Right. Mm-hmm. But if Daquan maybe once or twice a week or whatever it is, is stopping in the professor's office because maybe he has, you know, he's struggling with an assignment or a concept or, you know. I know me personally, I sometimes I would just kick it with my professors and just like talk and try to learn from them just from a life standpoint, because Mm -hmm. they're they're people who have a lot of experiences, you know, Mm -hmm. in the educational side of things, but life as well. Right. You know, so just building that kind of rapport with your professors, because in the long run, it'll help you out. Because like, Mm -hmm. you know, say, like I said, you're struggling or you need some extra time on your assignment because of X, Y and Z. But your professor doesn't really know you like that. They're going to be like, no, you need to turn your stuff in like everyone else. (laughs) But, 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 you know, if you have a relationship, I'm not saying kiss ass, but, you know, try to have a relationship with your professors, you know, try and get to know them, them get to know you. So, you know, if there are times where you need that extra help or that extra boost, they can be more compassionate towards you because they know, hey, this kid is coming into class every day. He's busting his ass. I, I can give them this, his little break, you know, for right, you know, yeah. maybe a couple of days extended on the assignment or whatever. But right. Yeah. And also try and visit as many schools as you can. You know, I know it's mm-hmm. it's easier for some students than others because of just, you know, um, their circumstances. But if you can visit as many schools as possible, I think that's one of the best things you can do. You can do all the research you want 
online. Yeah. You know, every school looks good online. Right. Every school says, "Oh yeah, we're family. We got all this." You know what I'm saying? Like every marketing. Every school markets <laughs> right. pretty Sales, much man. the same. Yeah. Like, you know. But until you actually step foot on that campus, like the University of Utah, Augustana, whole that whole thing, you know. Right. When I stepped foot on Augustana's campus, I was like, "This is where I'm going." Because I just knew at that point, my gut just told me, "Hey, this is where you need to go, bro." Right. So until you can actually, and sometimes, yeah, you might not be able to because distance. Right. But if you have a, a few schools within your list that are close in distance where you can travel maybe hour, a couple hours, get there fine and get back, do it. Because right. because then when you get on campus, a lot of the times, at least with Augustine, I don't know about other schools, but you know, we would visit with the student and the family, the la- usually at the last end of the point of the visit, but we would also, you know, set up professor visits, you know, if you were economics student you want to major in economics we would set you up with an economics professor Mm -hmm. or if you wanted to sit in on a class we would sit you in on an economics class so you could see how it works and then you visit with the professor and then you visit with the financial aid and then you you know a student is walking you around the campus so they're telling you their experience as a student so you're getting all these different perspectives it's just very important to visit campuses as much as you can um that's that's probably number one that I yeah. would say yeah. visit campuses because For then sure. you get a full picture of what it is. Then you can see, can I really picture myself on this campus or eh, this isn't really for me. Right. But until you actually step foot on that campus, you're not really going to know. Facts. Yeah. I like that. Appreciate you sharing yeah, that. For sure. For sure. I want to jump into the poetry. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that's something that you are working on currently. You've been putting on these events. Yeah. Um, for a while now, can you tell us about that and kind of, kind of why? Yeah, why you, why you do it? Like I said, I was our growth project for about six years, um, and I was working in the arts, education, arts, entertainment, kind of merging all those three together, and just kind of putting on for youth of the city. You know, just giving them a platform, a safe space, safe haven to express themselves authentically, um, with no judgment, and kind of get them warmed up to their abilities i guess you can say you know just showing them like yo you can do this man like Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's hard because yeah not a lot of people can speak in front of others like that's not an easy skill to have like you but just kind of getting them comfortable in that space as an artist as a poet as a dancer as a public speaker whatever it is you know giving them that opportunity to grow within that skill set or within that art that they had and kind of in trying to help them find themselves and and showing them like yo you got support you know if you want to do this you're more than welcome on the stage and know that we're not going to judge you even if you're an amateur or the best of the best you know we're gonna we're gonna give you the same support um and i think that gave a lot of people that courage and also the cool thing is a lot of people who were involved in our growth project as far as participants go like now like seeing them they've like taken Flourishing. off yeah. and i'm not saying that we're the sole cause of that but i, I do believe that we played a role in that ascension mm-hmm. right. in, in themselves as an artist you know and as a person and then once we kind of ended things friend i started what's called friends of the people um yeah. friends of the people for the people by the people i started that because kind of selfishly to be honest i knew i wanted to stay within that realm of the arts because the arts played a big role in my life you know just as a writer and kind of my development as a person too but um yeah just started that because one i wanted to become more comfortable as a poet 
you know, as a poet and as a writer, you know, I wanted to be able to practice reciting my poetry and, you know, kind of challenging myself to write new poetry for every event, you know, mm. and, uh, and then also, you know, there was already an existing poetry community. So big shout out to Rochelle Graham and uh, David Kosiko. They actually invited me to one of their events to recite my poetry. And that was kind of oh, wow. my first time getting back into it as far as like consistency goes. Yep. So that was really cool. And then few months after that you know i kind of started my own thing i was just telling the homies like man i, I really want to do this thing you know this is what i want to do with it and then one of my homies james uh first gen he's like yeah. bro just do it you know he's like, <laughs> you know, it's like just go bro do that shit you know? and i was like you know what you're right bro like yeah right. and then so he helped me set up the first event which in which, which was in september of this past year 2022 and then from there, just kind of got the ball rolling and, you know, reached out to local poets, you know, that I knew of and that I've witnessed recite as well. And like, yo, I'm doing this thing. Would you want to be part of it? And basically, I started it to kind of add my own flavor to the poetry community that was already existing, you okay, know, kind of yeah. adding adding on to what the yeah. foundation was already laid, you know what I'm saying? But just doing it in my own way. Yeah. It helped me grow as a poet, you know, just challenging myself to write more and then getting in front of a mic and reciting it and being vulnerable and just like growing that muscle, I guess you can <laughs> yeah. say. And, you know, it's been real cool. You know, people constantly support, you know, repost the flyers, you know, full circle book co-op. And it's, a, it's an amazing venue. Mm. Sean and Kevin are dope, you know, owners, you know, they've been very supportive through it all. So it's just been a cool like learning journey, you know, yeah. just kind of being able to do something on my own and kind of just have full creative control over something, which is amazing. Yeah. As you guys know, you know, having your own podcast and kind of being able to curate it the way that you want to, bring, right. in, bring in the people you want on here. Like, it's, it's a cool feeling, you know, just having that control to, I guess, control the narrative in a sense. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And just like, yes, yeah, it's, it, it's helped me kind of grow in my own right as a person. Right. You know? For our listeners and viewers, if mm -hmm. that's something that they want to be a part of, where can they go to be a part of this? Yeah, honestly, man, just um, hit me up on Instagram. My handle is Saul, S-U-L underscore Dibba, D-I-B-B-A. Uh, DM me. Um, let me know if you perform or want to recite or just want to attend in general. Yeah. You know, I usually try and get the flyers out a couple weeks before the event date. So okay. it gives people enough time to kind of plan. Typically, I, I do it the last Thursday of the month. Sometimes it switches up depending on the venue availability. Yeah. But yeah, if they want to get involved, if you're listening to this, hit me up, you know, on Instagram or Snapchat. I think my Snapchat is the same, same thing. It might just be Saul Dibba. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, just hit me up, man. I'm always looking for, you know, new people to get involved and just trying to grow it organically, yeah. really. Yeah, it's been, it's been a real cool journey, but I'm always open and willing to have new people there. I think that's always always a blessing when, right. you know, new people are able to step on the mic and share their poetry and then seeing new faces in the audience too. So, yeah. Absolutely. You know, before we get into the next part of our episode here, I do want to ask another question that mm -hmm. we ask each of our, our special guests. You know, obviously you've gone through a journey mm -hmm. where you've learned a lot of things. You've taken a lot from it, uh, yeah. where you're able to shape yourself, yeah. um, where you're also able to see your family members shape themselves as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but our main thing that we have on here and the reason that we call our podcast Overstepping Poverty is because everyone has their own vision on what poverty is to yeah. them, you know, whether yeah. it's mental, physical, yep. you know, so I, I just have to ask you, what when you hear overstepping poverty, what does that mean to you? Overstepping poverty to me starts in the mental. 
you know, obviously you have physical circumstances too, but, you know, you hear stories about people coming from the worst of places and making it out mm-hmm. because I think for me personally, yeah, it starts mentally. Um, one, getting rid of that scarcity mindset, you know, getting rid of that mindset that you're not abundant, you're not worthy of those things, you know, and due to your circumstances, you can't see yourself on the other side. But I think that conquering that mindset first and foremost is how you overstep poverty. Um, just believing that you're worthy, you know. Mm-hmm. I think everybody is worthy. Everybody is naturally abundant. You know, the universe is, is is giving, you know what I'm saying? So I think, you know, you watch successful people or on YouTube or you're listening to different manifestation things. It's always like programming that subconscious. Yeah. You know, you got to program your subconscious because whether you do it consciously or not, it's being programmed. And that is either helping you out or it's deterring you from getting to where you need to be. So I think first and foremost, for me, overstepping poverty is is conquering that self-doubt, conquering that that negative mindset of you don't deserve it. You can't get it. You don't have the faculties or the resources to get to where you need to go. Mm -hmm. Right. You may not in the moment, but if you believe it and you work towards it and you stay consistent, things are going to start moving out the way, you know. But then also another thing is educating yourself, too. Um, I think education, not just in a classroom, but education is important. You know, a lot of people got phones. You know what I mean? A lot of people got access to technology. I can go back home to Africa and, you know, I can go to the village and you'll see kids walking around with an iPhone, mm-hmm. right? you know? So I think that That's we're cool. in that age of technology where it's like, bro, YouTube and Google are free. Yeah. There's a lot of information out there. And I think that's also kind of deters people because there's so much out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that, you know, we have access to so much information. And I think the beauty of being in a city like Sioux Falls is a lot of people are accessible. Mm-hmm. True. A lot of people are accessible. A lot more accessible than you may think. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how many people I've met with where it's like, hey, my name is Saul. You know, I do blah, 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 blah. I see you do this. It's it's an area of interest of mine. Can I get 20 minutes of your time? Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. When do you want to meet? Right. Yeah. It's really a lot it, easier than I swear. So it's like, yeah, that mindset, educating yourself, and then just trying to reach out. And networking, mm-hmm. you know, that's I think that's how those those are ways that you can overstep poverty because, you know, I may not have certain knowledge that can get me to that next step, but maybe Zach does. Right. Let me reach out to him and see see not only what I can extract from him, but also maybe I have something that that yeah. I can that I can give him because yeah. you know every every human you can learn from. Everyone is superior to you in some way, shape, or form. Right. So that you can learn from them and they can learn from you. So oh, it's like, so yeah, it. that, that's that's kind of my, my idea of overstepping poverty. Yep. I love right. it. I, love I agree it. With, with a lot of that. Can you share? Because it sounds like you do watch a lot of YouTube. I do. What, <laughs> what are, if, if someone who was going to go on there, what are some of the things that you watch pretty frequently to keep your mind where oh, it man. needs to be? I listen to a lot of Earl Nightingale, mm. uh, Napoleon Hill. Gems. This is going to be a controversial one for Jordan Peterson. Okay. Um, I like Jordan You know, Peterson. I like him. I think he's he's, he's a very intelligent dude. Yeah. I listen to 
like Steve Harvey. You know, yeah. um, I follow this podcast channel on Spotify called The Resilient Mind, mm. um, where they have just a lot of it's just about mindset, you know, kind of changing, you know, your view on different things and just how to get certain things in your life. And it has a lot of different speakers like Jim Rohn, Steve Harvey, mm. Dr. Joe Dispenza, Jay Shetty, right. and see who else. It's a lot of different uh, Napoleon Hills on there too. Oh, what's his name? I know you guys talked to talked Bob about Proctor. him. Yeah, Bob Proctor, bro. That <laughs> dude, he's he's a beast, man. R.I.P. to yeah. him for real. Like he, he learned he from def- Earl. Yeah, he definitely um, you know helped me out, and I I've read a few books too to help kind of shift my mindset. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Okay, that's been a really helpful book for me. The Four Agreements. It's not necessarily about business acumen or anything like that, but mm. it's such a commonsensical book, but it's stuff you wouldn't really think about. Mm. You know, the four agreements are, you know, be impeccable with your word, you know, speak and move with integrity. Like if you say you're going to do something, do it. If you can't right. say you can't, right. um, always do your best, you know, your best changes in different states. If you're sick, your best is different. If you're feeling down, your best is different. If you're healthy, your best is different, but just always do your best. Mm. Don't take anything personal. Because a lot of the times when people, I guess, react or act towards you, it's something internally that has nothing mm-hmm. to do with you. Mm-hmm. And then don't make assumptions. If you're thinking something and you're not sure, ask the question. Get clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's helped me out a lot of my life. And I'm, I'm definitely, I don't, I, I can't say, you know, I'm always 100% with that, but I always keep that in my mind. You know, right. and those things like have helped that. me out a lot. Uh, I've needed some books to read as well. Yeah, so four agreements. Perfect. Four agreements. I I would recommend to anybody listening to this podcast. Mm. That's an amazing book. It's life changing. The yeah. Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Okay, amazing book. I've read that probably five times. Oh, man, it's, it's like an amazing it. book. I'm gonna have to check it out yeah. for sure. Yep, I appreciate sure. you sharing that stuff because. Yeah. I watch a lot of the same people, but there's a few that you named in there that I'm definitely going to have to tap into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, those are. You're right. There is so much information on YouTube. They call, they don't call it YouTube University for no reason. Yeah, right. You can literally learn pretty much whatever you want literally. on there. So literally. Take the time. Take advantage, man. Take the yeah. time. Figure out what you want to do and then just kind of go from there and break it down. Yeah. So I want to move into an, our next part of our episode here where we call is round table where mm-hmm. you can go and ask Zacchaeus and I questions that, that you've had, you know, obviously we, we gave you some questions to be prepared for. Mm-hmm. We're not prepared for whatever you have. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. fire away. One of my questions I want to ask is, you know, as I said earlier, you know, you guys bring a plethora of different types of folks on this show and you always ask, you know, what is your idea of overstepping poverty? You know, one, both your ideas of overstepping poverty, but then also how do you kind of implement that mindset into your everyday to ensure that you are, you know, taking steps to overstep poverty? Absolutely. That's a great question. And to me, I think my biggest thing is exactly in agreement with you is it's mindset. The way that we do take the steps, I feel like, and the reason we started our podcast off how we did is we gave everyone a roadmap on how to take those steps to really mm-hmm. take that next step over step to yeah. overstepping poverty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, whether it's your network that you're with, whether it's kind of building with the, with each other and making sure you have the right mindset, um, whether it's your your physical you know mentality or your 
your emotional, your mental mentality, just making sure that you are good before you try and help other people. Because right. if you're not good and you're trying to help other people, you're it's gonna just not going to work. Yeah when it comes to that there. So yeah, that's, that's my biggest thing when it comes to overstepping poverty. It's, it's that education. It's that those connections, you know, it's, it's really making sure that you are good because when you're good, there's no reason that you should ever yeah. be down yeah. in the dirt, you know? Mm-hmm. So, right. For sure. For me, you know, it's a few different things, especially when, you know, cause none of us are perfect, right? No. Obviously we all go through, our own things we have to rely on our family our spirituality whatever but really both of you guys hit it for one i agree 100 percent. it is all in the mental you know you you hit the nail on the head when you said there's people that came from places that people look at as the worst of the worst there's no way somebody would be successful if they came from there mm-hmm. and they turn out to be oftentimes some of the most successful people in the world right you know it is really about changing the mindset uh, one of my favorite episodes that we did at the beginning was the power of the tongue. Mm. Oh my gosh! And it's like the Talk things that him, we man. say Talk every single him, day that we don't even know. We're not even aware of the things that Just we're saying and how much power right. they have over us. You know, so um, for me, I try to be conscious of the things that I'm saying. Like if I do something dumb, I'm like, "Damn, I'm dumb for dirt," and then I'll like catch myself like. I ain't, I'm not dumb yeah, yeah. <laughs> type of thing, right? Yeah, or just exactly. a lot of different things like that. So, um, you know, and all that came really from me diving into my spirituality. That's mm-hmm. where I learned a lot of that stuff of, you know, just kind of going inward, looking in inside of myself and uh, analyzing what needs to, to change, mm-hmm. you know, to get where I want to go. But there's also another quote that I really like and is think with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been like a long-term thinker, yep. you know, with, with whatever, whether it's when I was doing life insurance, like that's something you probably won't even see in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, but long-term, you know, that it's going to help the next generations right, after right. you getting married for me personally, being with the same person for over 11 years now, that long-term, like you set that foundation with people and you just build, mm-hmm. you know, and the right people will come, yeah. the wrong people will fall off, but right. it's the marathon, right? Like Nipsey it said, is. you got to really just keep marathon, going man. and you're not going to be perfect. Can't but give up. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good question. Yeah, that was. My second one is, you know, you, you mentioned it briefly about, you know, filling your cup, making sure you're good, but how do you guys like, Doing all that you do, you know, the podcast, family, marriage, you know, professional life, you know, personal relationships. How do you guys make sure that you are good? Yeah. What do you do to make sure that, all right, this is my time I'm doing this, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Like, what do you guys do to make sure that you're good? Because I think before you answer, I think it's very important. And I'm learning this because I'm, I'm somebody who... I get antsy if I'm sitting for too long. Mm-hmm. I'm used to just go, go, go. And I'm learning now, like we said earlier, kind of slowing down yeah. right? and taking that time. But what do you guys do to fill your cup and recoup and make right. sure that you're good? For me, honestly, I noticed it a lot after my first year in mortgage. Like the whole first year, I was just grind, 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 like nonstop. You know, we we're starting the podcast, have a little one, you know, all the things. And... I was trying to be everything for everybody, right? And you definitely come to a point where you hit a wall and yeah. it's like, feel like everything's falling apart, but right. all you really need is rest, rest right? Yeah. And to let 
certain things go. Um, so for me, on the day to day, again, it is a lot of spirituality, a lot of thinking or meditating, but also you have to analyze the things and I'm getting better at it. I'll say yes. Like I said, you want to be everything for everybody. I'll say mm-hmm. yes to a lot of people, but sometimes not everything is, is worth it's your worth energy. Your time, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and getting better at that definitely has helped me in my mental, you know, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to work. Some things can wait until tomorrow. Or if I'm with family, I need to be with family. And a lot of times I'll just kind of leave my phone in the room or something so I'm not tempted to look at it and grab it. Because it's easy to just pick up the phone and get back onto it. But for me, it is that, you know, trying to disconnect. You know, I'll go... I love the family park here in Sioux Falls. I got to just just go sit by some water. Mm -hmm. Just kind of get into solitude. For me, I need to be alone sometimes and just think and... And re- recharge. So yeah, absolutely, that's, that's what I do. Love that. You know, for me, it's it kind of goes way back to my childhood and whatnot. I, as everyone knows, I'm a very competitive guy. I love sports. I, I play a ton of sports. When I say I'm competitive, that's probably like I'm competitive. Like <laughs> I, I have to win. But anyways, like just from a from a kid, I ran to sports to find my family and my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where I I kept whether it was basketball, football, if I wasn't doing a sport, Mm -hmm. I felt like I never was really myself, you know? Mm. And so like, as we fast forward and, and where I'm at today, I still do those sports. And one of the sports that I, that I really have found a liking to is golf because it's so mental, you know? And, and I, and I'm, I'm a very mental person as well, where just your mind mindset and everything you you have to keen into it. Um, and so, and it actually kind of takes me back, uh, uh, about a week or two ago, I'm playing golf with my wife mm-hmm. and she's just getting upset and she yeah. keeps chopping at the ball, chopping at the ball. Yeah. And she keeps seeing me, if I hit a bad shot, I'm just like, it's on to the next one. Yeah. Like this, this one's already over. I can't change it. You mm-hmm. know, it's on, to, what are you going to do now to, you know, do better on yeah. that? And she just looks at me and she asked me and she's like, how do you even do it? How do you do it? Like, I'm so frustrated. I want to quit. Yeah. And I'm like, and I just looked at her. I'm like, Megan, I'm like this sport. I wish I knew when I was in high school Yeah. because this is going to allow you to really be one with yourself and really control you. Mm-hmm. You'll control your mood. You'll control your actions, it's an individual your, your mental, mm-hmm. yeah, your mentality, you know? And so where you ask how I fill my cup, that's where I'm actually filling up, filling my cup. Zach mm-hmm. knows, you know, uh, when it's, too, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I'm enjoying the sun, get, you know, but Zacchaeus knows <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I have to have a day where I golf, but that's mm-hmm. because that's like my me time. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to do it my, mm-hmm. just myself. I'll go with other people, but they're, they're, I'm in my head right there. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. so that's, that's yeah. where I fill my cup. <laughs> He's not lying either. That's <laughs> I got, I got one last question and it's a fun one. Yeah. But uh what was your favorite cartoon growing up? Ooh, that is a good one. DD, why are you <laughs> in my laboratory? That's probably not even close, but De- Dexter's laboratory, Dexter's man. Laboratory, I man. love that. Yeah. That Thank was you, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Oh, DD. DD. That that show, man, was just different, dude. That, mm. He's like world domination all day, every day. Yo, DD is right. just so oblivious to everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. That I was. would say for me. Oh, there's a few that come to mind. You know, I loved Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, yeah. I really messed with Rocket Power oh, when that was out. Rocket Power. A bunch of different stuff like that. But, yeah, 
I would probably say out of those ones, uh, Etta and Eddie. Mm. And I actually yeah. really mess with uh, Phineas yeah. and Ferb. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was that was probably actually yeah. one of my favorite ones. Mine, mm. mine all time is Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry, That's okay, all yeah. Time. Tom and Jerry, Rocket Power is definitely up there. Looney Tunes. Yeah. I love Looney Tunes, man. <laughs> like Yosemite Sam, Bugs yeah. Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky, you know, all those cats, man. Yeah. It's like, so. That's yeah. Courage the Coward. <laughs> I was scared to watch Courage. I'm really? Like, I, I, you, I was too. It was nah, always bro, late, that, too. Yeah. I was watching that. <laughs> Courage, Courage was different, bro. Like, I was nah, going I through some, some demons watching this. Yeah, so I, watch, um, I liked Recess, too. Oh, Recess, mm-hmm. Recess was fire. Recess yep. was fire. Recess I love was Recess. one of the ones I would get off, uh, get out of school, go home, turn mm-hmm. some Recess on about 4 o'clock. Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. Wait till the fam get home. But, yeah, man. Well, I'm going to turn this back around to you here, Um, Saul. You know, you've Mm -hmm. been giving us some great intellect. You're you're very, like I said, positive person. You've had your journey. You've been throwing out some gems for everyone, not just us, but of course our listeners and viewers. So I actually want to ask you to give five more. So I want you to tell us five tips, tricks, and hacks that you would tell someone in how to take the next steps over poverty. Fate, like like kind of how you said, you know, having an end goal in mind. I think one thing is, man, dream big. Like, dream big. Like, don't limit yourself to your circumstance. You know, don't limit yourself to what you see and what you hear. The world is literally for the taking. So just figuring out what is it that you like to do? How do you want to, I guess, excel in that thing? And then just stay. Don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. One thing is what I see a lot is people don't want to be role players. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be the boss right away. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it works. You know, you might have to, you know what I'm saying, get the rebounds for a little bit. Right. Yep. And then you might be, start dishing a little bit. And then you might start getting the ball a little bit and putting up shots. Right. And then you might start coaching. You know what I mean? And then you might get into the gm spot you know so it's right. like you have to be willing and open to take those small steps towards what you're trying to do and you might have to start at ground zero yeah at right. doing the grunt work you know get getting your hands dirty like learning those skills you know what i'm saying like sometimes you got to be you got to humble yourself mm-hmm. right in order to get to where you want to get to because mm-hmm. like i said there's always someone who has more knowledge that you can gain from mm-hmm. so it's like Humble yourself, bro. Right. It's like figuring out what that thing is that you want to do and then reaching out to those people in that area that you're trying to get into and see how you can learn from them. You know what I'm saying? See how you can get your face out there. Go to events, you know, that are happening. You know, get your face known, you know, network, you know, introduce yourself to people. And yeah. I know that's not easy to do, but that's going to help you tremendously. Right. Like, tremendously, bro. Like, I'm okay getting my hands dirty. Like I know I don't know everything. So it's right. like, if I know that you, what we're doing right now, you know way more than me, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to listen. I'm going to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as I'm doing that, I'm learning. And I'm asking right. you questions, you know. And I'm humbling myself because I know I don't know it all. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think people need to really get that like it's okay to not know it all it's okay to not be the boss right away you're gonna get there you're gonna be the boss one day but it doesn't happen overnight instant gratification is the killer of all dreams Mm. you know i wanted to get there right away and then you just 
don't do anything because right. you're like, oh, why am I not here? This person is here. Like, don't compare yourself to that person. You don't know what they had to do to get there. Don't right. watch their pockets. Don't watch their success. That mm-hmm. has nothing to do with you. Facts. Do what you can do in that moment, in those moments to get to that next step. Um, so, yeah, humble yourself, figure out what you want to do, and then see how you can navigate spaces to eventually get to that end goal. Right. Educate yourself. You know, educate yourself. Like I said, we have access to so much technology and information. It's like there's YouTube videos, you know, there's seminars, there's all these things. You know, educate yourself, bro. Right. You know, there's audio books that you can buy. You know, you mm-hmm. can go to Barnes and Noble or even Full Circle Book Co op, you know, different places where you can buy books to kind of help you attain different skills, give yeah. you different knowledge in different areas. And yeah, so educating yourself is another huge thing. Let's see, invest in yourself. 100%. That's probably one of the top ones. Investing doesn't just include money. Right. You know, investing in yourself includes your health. You know, what are you eating? Are you getting out and exercising? You know, are you giving yourself enough rest? You know, are you doing all of these things? Because when you give yourself the opportunity to operate at an optimal level, by eating right, by exercising, by getting enough sleep or whatever it is, that gives you more energy to do what you need to do. Right. You know? Back to filling your cup up, you know. Also, you know, investing in yourself, like I said, I think it's super important to be connected to the source. You know, build that personal relationship. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Speak speak out loud. You know what I mean? They, they right. can hear you. And they, they already know what's on your mind. Speak mm-hmm. out loud, you know what I mean? Have that conversation and, and also listen. Be still enough to where you can take in that information too. Right. Because, you know, we all have that inner voice. So invest in yourself that way. And also, yeah, man, invest monetarily too. If you can go afford a seminar, go to a seminar. Right. You know, go to a seminar. Take a class, you know what I mean? Go on YouTube and learn something. Like, invest, man. It's mm-hmm. like... We're, we're giving our money to all these different things, whether that's, you know, um, going out and having fun, you know, at entertainment purposes, you know, buying all kinds of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. why not keep that money in house and invest in yourself? Right. You know, that money that's going out, that's not coming back to you. And of course, it's money comes and goes. It comes, you know, like you get it today, you spend it tomorrow, get it back. Right. You know, but that money that you invest in yourself and that time you invest in yourself that's only going to compound, Man, you know, into right. other things. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's three. Another one that I think is important, I think just being open-minded, man. Mm-hmm. Just be open-minded. You don't know the possibilities that can come, bro, just by being open-minded, you know? Right. I, I can't tell you the amount of times where I see an event or I see, you know, a networking thing or a seminar. And I'm like, ah, I'm tired. I that looks goofy, you know, right. I, I don't think I can get much out of that. But then something's like, just go, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just go check it out, you know, yeah. see, what, see, see what they're talking about. And I meet somebody or I hear a piece of information that I was like struggling with or trying <laughs> to figure out. And I'm like, damn, I'm so glad I went. Right. Because if I didn't go, I wouldn't have been able to get over that hurdle or that hump that was stopping me from kind of taking that next step into you know, uh, towards my goal or whatever it may be. Right. I've met amazing people, you know, throughout my life. I've, I've been fortunate to have people who want to pour into me too. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's a blessing in itself because Mm -hmm. like I said, man, so many people have so much knowledge out there. Like 
because time is so valuable. So if somebody For is sure. willing to take time out of their day and invest in Zacchaeus because they see something within Zacchaeus that you don't see yet. Yeah. And they unlock that potential within you. And then now you are seeing from a different lens and a different perspective. That's a game changer, bro. Right. That is a game changer because then that flips your mindset in a way where it's like, damn, I wasn't even thinking this way before. Or I didn't even know I can take this avenue to get to this place. Right. You know what I'm saying? But this person or these people or this seminar, whatever it is, kind of gave me that light bulb moment yeah. where it's like, damn. That's what I needed, you know. Now it's like now you now you got a battery in your back, and you just want to go more, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone say that's the source. Exactly, you know? man. The the source, man. I'm telling you, bro. Like, get <laughs> get get right with the source, man. Just like every day, you know, talk with them. I think, lastly, man, if you're able to get a mentor, mm-hmm. get a mentor. Like I said, I've been I've been super blessed to have people older than me want to invest into me. Because they see my potential through my hard work, what I've done and what I'm doing right. um, to say, hey, I can give some of my time to to this kid, you know, kind of guide him a bit to mm-hmm. where because like there's been times bro, where like I, I've been in rooms where by myself, I wouldn't even know the room was there. Mm-hmm. But because I had a mentor that believed in me and they're like, yo. Hit me up or text me like this is going on. Meet me over here. Right. And because now, I'll kind of back up a little bit. Somebody's always watching. Mm. Always, 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 always. Somebody's always watching. That's the truth. So if you're on your p's and q's, bro, you on your you on your game. You're doing what you need to be doing. You're grinding. You know you're taking the time to try and elevate yourself. Somebody, whether you know them or not know them. Is gonna get a hold of you somehow, some way, and they're gonna take you and elevate you into another space that you didn't know was there. That's like so- there's been times where, you know, I've had multiple mentors throughout my time. You know, I've 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 kind of been on this grind for about ten years since I was like eighteen. So from eighteen till now, I turn twenty eight next month. I've had mentors who, just by me being in, like next to them in their space. Somebody I know but don't know that mm-hmm. is in a more elevated space comes up and talks to the mentor. And then by me just being next to them, they're talking to me now and figuring out who I am and what I do. Right. And then that builds a connection with that person. And then it's like, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, yeah, if you can, bro, get a mentor, bro. It's it's such a game changer and it can it can speed up the process. Bro. That's a cheat code. It, it's really yeah. a cheat code because you get in the knowledge, you get in the wisdom. They've already been through the fire, and you can jump over it. You know, you don't have to go through it anymore. Like right. they gave you the blueprint. Like, yo, this is what I did. I got burnt, so don't do this. Go around. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a game changer, bro. It's I love a game it. Changer. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom. I can yeah. definitely say you're light years ahead of your time. You know what I'm saying? Um, you've learned a lot and you were able to teach us a lot just from this time being here. And I really hope our listeners are really taking in everything that was said there, especially those five tips, tricks, and hacks. Cause man, those are gems. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, again, we appreciate you being on our podcast uh, thank here, you, man. For Absolutely. Real. I appreciate you guys. Welcome me onto this podcast. And like I said, man, you guys got an amazing platform and, 
sky is not the limit you know it's limitless but you guys yeah, are going to take yeah. this to a whole nother level and i'm excited to not only be a part of it but also see the growth coming you know in the future as well so yeah, you know not, nothing but well wishes for you guys man nothing but you know support and solitude man and if i can help out in any way you know let me know i'm always trying to you know help my brothers out and you know i, I appreciate you guys for giving me the platform to speak and share my story so yeah, I, don't, I don't i don't get to do that a lot so it's always cool when people think that i have a cool enough story to share so oh, you know, i appreciate do, it brother. Yeah. i appreciate you as well we're blessed to have you on here i know there's going to be people that take a lot away from this interview and for the listeners again friends of the people friends of the people shout out to soul reach out to him if you're interested in, in being a part of that and getting your poetry out to the world oh yeah i appreciate you guys man yes and we'll see you next week on overstepping poverty thanks for tuning in to another episode of overstepping poverty we hope you found this week's discussion informative and thought-provoking we know that tackling poverty is a complex issue but by working together and understanding the root causes we can make progress towards creating a more equitable society if you enjoyed this episode please share it with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to our show until next time let's take the next steps in overstepping poverty